Welcome to the Cardboard Podcast, where we discuss the world of shiny cardboard. Are you bored? Then let's talk cardboard. Now here are your hosts, Big Ziff and Metaman. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode four of the Cardboard Podcast. How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. I'm going about my day, and I'm excited to be here. You've been really busy, right? You started a new job, and uh, you mentioned you haven't been like consuming as much content. You haven't been, you know, on Instagram and Discord for. Uh, I've been on Instagram. You know, to say um, I don't have the time, I think, is a bad argument because I think anyone that says that they do have the time. They just, you know, it's it's really about where you're allocating that time. But I just haven't been. I don't know what the word is if I haven't been in the mood or what to like make content recently for MetaZoo related things. Um, and that's not, I guess there is kind of a, a, not a decrease in interest, but just as like the time of the year right now, not only is the market down a little bit, but like, again, it's Christmas time. And I don't know, I've just been, I have been doing the job stuff, which takes up the majority of my weekdays, but I still have time afterwards. It's just kind of, I've just been kind of chilling. I'm also just kind of balls deep into the NFT space. So I've that's kind of where I've been looking at stuff <laughs> recently and I'm and Discord and Instagram really do take up a lot of time. So that's I just like yeah, I haven't really been I and we kind of talked about this before the episode. I, I feel like there's certain topics where I haven't been feeling like not that I don't provide value, but it's just like I almost don't it's not like required or necessary of me, right? Even though that's not a good enough reason to say why I shouldn't do a market update or whatever. I just like, I haven't been motivated to do it. So hopefully soon that changes. But as of this point in time, yeah, just yeah, been I mean, kind of rolling with it. There, there's nothing wrong with like not having the attention to do it, even if you technically have the time to do it, right? I mean, yeah, you got to have both. So yeah, like um, I could, I could record a, th- 20 30 minute video or not 20 or 30 minutes but like spend that amount of time recording and editing and like get it ready and i just like have just i don't know there's kind of a a, an enjoyment or a pleasure of of not doing those things sometimes of just being like because because when you when you create content i know anyone who has done this you feel like a pressure to like always put out content i guess right and like or do it once or twice a week and get this many views and like oh i didn't upload a video in this amount of time so like just kind of when it's not like when it's not your livelihood and like you don't your money doesn't depend on it there's kind of an awesome uh feeling of just being like you know what hell no i'm not gonna record anything so that's kind of the the mental i've been in recently which isn't necessarily great but i've been enjoying it so yeah, it's not like it's not like I'm out of it, right? It's just like I'm taking. It's been like a month since I've really made like meaningful content. I think, but you're, you're I think just, it's fine. Yeah, man, you're just taking a quick breather. You're just sitting sitting on the bench real quick and about to come back in the game uh, when you're yeah. ready. Um, about to be Steph Curry break the, the <laughs> three point record all time. Yeah, I've been feeling the same way a little bit. I, I've been like uploading a little bit less consistently, and it's just such a thankless grind and. You're always comparing your, you know, your your videos to your your best videos, and it's like, oh, this one didn't do very well, and mm-hmm. is this one I'm making now even gonna matter? Like, does do do people even care about my take on this stuff? And I it, think it's 
I think I just got like kind of, again, I, the word I'm using a lot is desensitized because that's really the best way to describe it. It's just like things just churned in an upward trend in this market and and hobby as a whole, just like news and, and new sets and things for months and months on end. Um, and I just feel like now I'm just kind of taking like a breather from it and it is very, a very good feeling to do that. So, and I, and I, and I know I'll be in a point soon to, to be motivated to pick up the work again. I kind of, you know, go work, work double time to what I was before. It's impossible to stay super motivated all the time, especially when you have these kind of like cycles in the markets. I mean, a lot of crypto is really depressed right now. And then that makes the, the collectibles markets depressed as well. And when that hype kind of dies down a bit, it's, Sometimes it's tough to, you know, find your own hype and your own motivation that, you know, isn't external as much. Um, but I mean, we all go, we go, we all go in phases, and it's like, what, what are you gonna do? You know, you just gotta, gotta do you. And like you said, I mean, we don't get paid to do this. I mean, I'm not monetized. I've never made a dime from anything TCG related I've made. So. Um, we're still pre-revenue and it's all just, uh, I've been in the monetization world on my Genshin channel and it's, it is a grind because you have to make a minimum amount of earnings to actually cash out those earnings every mm -hmm. single month. So when you're in it, you're in it. And when you stop, it takes a few months to build it back up again. So it's really like a momentum thing. Well, not only that, but you, you get screwed because like you're you're probably clearly in like the gaming niche like you're categorized you're, oh, yeah. your rpm is probably based on gaming and gaming has some of the worst rpms which for people who don't know that's the rate per mil or the rate per thousand views and gaming is like really low yeah and you just youtube the algorithm the way it's set up is you you are not really allowed to move horizontally so you can't move mm. from game to game or from Dang. games to tcgs or anything because uh. the viewership and the momentum like i'm saying it really takes a deep dive unless you are the personality that is like already capturing that audience right if i'm a cute not cutie pie pewdiepie or whatever right it doesn't matter if i play minecraft or if i play uh, Genshin, or if I play Apex or Rocket League, the fans are still going to go. Obviously, he's insanely massive, but my point being, like, someone like me who is creating Genshin content specifically, if I make a video on Apex now, no one's going to watch it, and it's going to take probably months to get into the algorithm of, uh, like, Apex videos and stuff like that. That's typically what I've seen, how it works. But Yeah, I mean, you, you could do it if you're PewDiePie, or I guess if you're a PewDiePie. But you are kind yeah. of a cutie pie, and you're you're not able to do it. So I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Therefore, it's <laughs> impossible. Yeah, doesn't want you to move horizontally. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. For me, it's hard to be interested in the same thing long term. Like I'm always hopping around different things. Like I see this shiny thing, I'm really interested in it, and then I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool too. Let me check this out. And really hard to just consistently stick with one thing. So yeah. Um. Anyway, we can move on to some actual substantial TCG news and discussion here. Uh, sorry for people who found this part boring. 
we always just have to kind of calibrate. They already clicked off the video or the, the, yeah. the podcast. They're already gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So now we can just say whatever As Rudy would say, I know no one's watching at this point or whatever. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Well, at least we weeded out everyone who's not listening for us. Um, so MetaZoo, just uh, one of the announcements in the MetaZoo Discord just now. Um, you wouldn't know because you're banned because you're a criminal. This is going to appear in every single podcast, but <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, um, which announcement are we referring to? I can uh, still see them, by the way. I just don't get to experience them in that way. How do you see them? They get forwarded to... Oh, the other channel? The, the other secondary, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's but. cool. Um, anyway, it says MetaZoo is the number four in terms of total volume sold on eBay. And it's number four after the big three being Pokemon, MTG, and Yu-Gi-Oh. So this that is, is very interesting. Yeah, eBay sales. Basically, MetaZoo has number four in terms of volume. For oh, yeah, I, I looked at this earlier. I was laughing because I saw Digimon. Mm-hmm. Had 2K sold listings, but 82,000 active listings. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, that means it's not moving, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but when you look at Dragon Ball Flesh and Blood MetaZoo, it's about 50-50 or a little bit less. I guess Dragon Ball is a little bit lower than 50-50, but yeah. Yeah, so I yeah, I, I found that pretty pretty interesting. The sold listings there. Pokemon has 1.1 yeah, MetaZoo million. seems to be the only one that the actual sold listings is more than the active listings besides Pokemon, which is like pretty insane. Oh, wow. That does paint a pretty clear picture. Yeah, because like to give people perspective, like for Yu-Gi-Oh this month, this is monthly, right? I'm not sure. Just, I'm actually see. not sure. Um, yes, this is the monthly sold listings versus active listings. To give you guys some perspective, Yu-Gi-Oh has 236,000 sold listings and it has 880,000 active listings, meaning they're still up on YouTube. MetaZoo, on the other hand, has 23,000 sold listings and only 15,000 active listings. So they're actually selling at a faster rate than or than people are actually listing them or there's just not as much being listed, which I think is interesting, um, especially since we're kind of in the bear market right now. Like I see for the MetaZoo that I'm seeing sell, um, a lot of it is still in that like sort of downward trend. Like I saw a PSA 10 Headless Horseman from Nightfall sell for like 170 bucks, I think. I saw Jeez. a PSA 9 Kickstarter Death Beam sell for 130 bucks, and a PSA 9 Kickstarter Full Hollow Mermaid Scale sell for like 90 bucks, just to give you guys like an idea. And I sold a hollow, Full Hollow Mermaid Scale raw for 120 like a couple months ago. So, yeah. Yeah, MetaZoo is super hot. It's, uh, it's flying off the shelves there at eBay. And, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, taking a look at it, it's actually like so far behind the big three. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like to to you know say it's number four is not even really fair. I mean, it's it's like it is a ten whole... times lower amount of volume of sales as Yu-Gi-Oh. as Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, which yeah. is number three. So yeah, um, and it's kind of I mean it's it's in that same whole ballpark as kind of Flesh and Blood, Super. And all that stuff. I mean, to be fair, it's like double flesh and blood, which is actually pretty impressive because there's a pretty big collector's market for flesh and blood. It's amazing how much like flesh and blood has just gotten slaughtered. (laughs) Yeah, I think what's funny actually is I think a lot of people 
following the TCG boom from Logan Paul and stuff, I think a lot of people were able to get on to Flesh and Blood early, or at least with like the Monarch stuff I know is kind of like the big controversial set for Flesh and Blood where it was really, really expensive at first and then it kind of dropped a lot. <laughs> and I think a lot of those collectors that like weren't genuinely into Flesh and Blood are now into MetaZoo, um, just from what I've seen, because you know I've been around long enough to where I remember a lot of times when people would list certain things and i remember a phase where it was when monarch was crashing and a bunch of people in the secondary market discord would be selling or trading monarch booster boxes for metazoo stuff which i thought was really interesting but mm. flesh and blood still has a fairly decent collector's market i would say like you're saying it's just i think people for flesh and blood it seems people are a lot more skeptical skeptical about things like print runs and like actually how like how well things will stack up value wise because whenever there's like an unlimited set for flesh and blood it seems like people start like freaking out or whatever i think that's kind of the, <laughs> their biggest issue whereas like with metazoo we kind of know the numbers usually flesh and blood they actually don't know the numbers until usually after the fact so okay huh. at least that's what i've seen i i have like zero involvement in flesh and blood but I, I, you know, I observe things. So and to be, to be fair, like no, no, no shade on, um, fab. I think fab is sick. It's like, he has some of the coolest artwork, honestly. The artwork is incredible. Like it's so good. It's like, it's like two, it's so good. It's not even good. It's so good. It's not even fun. Um, <laughs> and the game itself is incredible. Like it's so like, it's so good mechanically. Like it's just a fantastic game and, um, mm -hmm. absolutely nothing bad to say about it. Um, I want to get more into it. In fact, I want to just start playing. I'm not too sure about like collecting cold foils and all that sort of thing, but I ordered some blitz decks and I'm just going to like start playing casually for fun. Yeah. But sometimes all of the euphoria in MetaZoo worries me a little bit and just like, I don't know, there's so much like immaturity in the market and so many people just like there's such a little like flipper scalper money making mentality in MetaZoo. I still think that far out uh, exceeds and outpaces like any amount of people who are actually wanting to play it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the one point I will make, and and I think this needs to be brought up, is it also has has to do with the way that the game is marketed, um, and how collectability is baked into it now. I have to give major kudos to Mike again because he's creating a, a masterpiece of a of a trading card and collecting like game and hobby. But my my big critique here is that for the longest time and 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 I can't really complain because I've benefited from it financially and collecting wise. Like I have an awesome collection because of like how rare certain things are or how I was able to get certain things early. But um, at a certain point, you kind of have to like consider these things right and and the amount of um you know promos that only come with x item or or you know this special holiday thing or or tops or anything like that um it kind of just like it seems like there isn't really a focus on like the gameplay at all and i know that stuff gets left to the people that um kind of not create but like the mzos and the people that managed gameplay and like test and and play test things it gets left to them, but those sorts of aspects don't really make it into the marketing side of MetaZoo, which is 
this item comes with a one one of one promo or like you know you know what i mean like does that is that making sense yeah i mean i i have like just product fatigue with metazoo like i don't even buy stuff anymore like i didn't buy any christmas stuff i just mm -hmm. i'm tapped out dude i i don't i literally don't care and because i mean it's fun and it's cool and um i'm extremely impressed just that they're able to create that much stuff and like get it out on time and do it. It's so impressive. And like you said, Mike is such a beast. It's just like bizarre how freaking apeshit he like, goes. It's kind of like, yeah, that's that's kind of my point though. It's like, at what point is the is gameplay gonna become the focus, you know? Or at what point, like the game, when I played it, the game was really fun. And like, mm -hmm. I definitely enjoyed myself. I've said that, but like that needs to be baked into the marketing aspect of it, right? Or, or something like that. Like there needs to be, and I don't know if there's kind of like a strategy that, uh, I guess Pokemon's not a good example, but like Magic or um, Yu-Gi-Oh or something, because I know tons of people still play Yu-Gi-Oh and obviously Magic as well. So like how do they kind of, I guess, appeal to like players more? Like I don't I don't really know from like a branding or, or a management perspective how that, ends up happening or getting baked into it, the product itself. But I know, I, think I know it would be, I think it would be worth it. I know it's very important to Mike. And I, I think the answer is that you just, you wave a bunch of money in front of people and that's exactly what they're going to do but early. It's, it's also like prioritization, right? It's like that has to be pretty high up on the list. The the way I perceive Metazoo currently, and that's maybe because I'm not like uh, as deep into the gameplay as I would like to be is that, it's just like these amazing cards and products and stuff, but there's like no incentive or push for me to like learn or play the game with people. Like it's really weird. Like I I get the cards that would be really cool to play with and whatever, but like there's already another set or there's already another thing coming out that I have to try and like prepare for or get my binder for or whatever, you know? Like yeah, it's, it's there, just... there's also so many promos at this point that it's like which cards are actually like gonna are, are playable and which are not and which are allowed to be played and which are not i know they're working on like a reserve list and stuff too which i think is already a step in the right direction and that actually will influence the market as well but like that sort of thing is almost like better even though you know those reserve list cards will spike probably in the market that in and of a reserve list in and of itself is already prioritizing like playability you know like so those are like the kind of things that I would like to see more of, um, even just as a collector primarily. Like I just like even when you're a collector, you want the game to con continue to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I know MetaZoo will, and I, I have no doubts about that. It's just like I, I don't know. I feel like when we're going into wilderness here, and it's like the next set after UFO, like there's got to be more. And I think. I can't remember is Mr. Run It Up Collectibles or whatever. I didn't get to watch his whole video, but I think he recorded a video recently where he kind of talked about if if MetaZoo was like caring about its players and that sort of thing, right? Which I don't want to paint the wrong picture or anything like that because again, I think the gameplay is actually quite impressive from from a very novice and experienced um, TCG player that I am, but. I just I think it would go a long way to try to get more people and more LGS like really push that again, you know, like try to get people to be playing it on tabletop simulator and on their physical tabletop with their brother and sister or their friends or whatever, because that's that's really what's going to make the game stick around long term. It's not going to be, 
you know, Johnny and Timmy who have been flipping MetaZoo for a year and they're going on year two and they're feeling worn out and then this new card game comes out and then they all start, you know, filtering out or whatever, right? I think this this game that Mike has created in this sort of fantasy world that exists with ideas that have been around in the real world, I think it's just it's such a good idea and it's really something special. So I really would would hate to see it kind of go down just because like gameplay wasn't prioritized or something like that you know like long term they definitely care i mean they did they did the whole card interface like fixing the card interfaces so mm-hmm. that it's more that was clear. great i think when the you cards look at crypto nation better. compared to nightfall it's actually like insane for for gameplay wise and next year mike is saying early 2022 there's going to be a hundred thousand dollar tournament and so when you wave that much money in front of people I think people will start playing and they'll want to get good because they want to mm-hmm. compete in big cash tournaments. Yeah, that's, I think you're on to something there. Like, I think it, they, that's, yeah. Like, they need you, to put more money into like making people want to earn money from playing. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of thing. I mean, that's literally all you got to do to create a competitive scene is like, be like, hey, we got a massive prize pool. Come play. Come play, MetaZoo. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know, man. I'm not, I'm just, I'm such a skeptic. I don't. I don't know why. I, I decided I hate fourth wall stuff. I think it shouldn't exist. It's fun for <laughs> casual stuff, but like, I don't know. Some of it can be waived though, or at least from my understanding in like tournament setting. Because like, when I was playing at um, Comic Con, there was a card I was using called Night uh, Nightmare, I believe, made by Poncha, the one with the horse like breathing spirit aura or fire or something okay and you can't play that card unless you've had a nightmare in the past week or something and i was like asking an mzo about it and i was like couldn't i just lie about like having a nightmare or something like that and they were like yes technically but they were like in a tournament setting um this sort of thing like you would typically just be able to play the card if that makes sense you know what i mean so just put it as flavor text why is it a card mechanic if it's irrelevant like that's i definitely think it becomes more confusing so it's just dumb man like i i get i get it in theory like that fourth wall is is like i don't know it, it opens up the the card game to 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 be part of the world and magic is real and it's everywhere but like man i think i kind of feel you on that i don't i don't think the fourth wall is as necessary as like what they've been doing with like kind of the creativeness of some of the cards like i really like the way that certain cards um like the the text on them kind of emulates what the card does when you're playing with it which is like seems obvious but it's really cool when you see it in action like i know i might have brought this up in the past video but like hell's gate when you play that card you get to bring like two or three beasties like out of your limbo which is like your graveyard or whatever Mm-hmm. and and that sort of like thematically matches and like i know wendigo as well it's like his ability or his attack devour like if you're able to like destroy a beastie you can like keep like devouring more and more beasties it's just like there's cool of things like that that are kind of baked into the the attack in the game already that are like you're saying not really fourth wall like i don't need a tinfoil hat to to play it or whatever so it's yeah. it's kind of a a balancing game and I, and I don't know if it's really it's it's obviously not necessary but like is it really going to help with the gameplay aspect even for kids and stuff I don't know if I would say yes you know so I don't know 
I, I, I mean, I think every TCG should have like some big flavor wins, like what you're talking about. And I mean, Magic's been doing it for, you know, 25 years. They've been having really epic, like flavorful type cards, like the card mechanically, you know, meets with the art and the feel of the card mm -hmm. thematically and stuff. And, and so like, I think flavor is like definitely important um, for, for cards. And there's like lots of opportunities to do that. Um, without having like super goofy things that are impossible to like rule in a tournament setting. Um, mm -hmm. Like Quetz too. I think Quetz is, is one I've always thought about. It's like um, maybe he like deals more damage based on how many like light bulbs are, are overhead. And I like, I read that and then I like looked up in my office and there's like a big weird lighting fixture. And it definitely has a bunch of random light bulbs in it but like I would have to take off the cover to even see how many light bulbs I think are in it. Ambiguity like, is one of the problems. There's so so many fourth walls are so ambiguous. And I mean, I just can't imagine like arguing about that ruling. And it's just well, that's the problem. It's like then at that point it could almost I know the MZOs kind of probably learn standard procedure for a lot of that stuff, but in that sort of case, in that specific example you brought up, there's probably not a go-to answer for it you know it's just like a yes or no that counts sort of thing and they probably can decide that in in the game set in game gameplay <clears throat> setting but i think it's almost like a i want to say it's almost like a barrier to playing you know yeah and um, that, i guess that's my like point adds a layer of complexity and the game is already in like that's why i think they could actually take it out because the game is insanely complex as it is with traits like flying and spirit and invisible and stuff you can't attack certain beasties you can only defend them and you have to select your primary defense like it goes very complex already pretty pretty quickly so i'm not sure if adding a, a layer of fourth wall or or requiring that is like even necessary at this point like you're saying so i definitely feel you on that okay yeah th thanks for hearing me out and i i don't mean to like i'm not trying to throw too much shade i just like you said, I think MetaZoo is probably a great game, and I don't think it needs fourth wall to succeed because it, it's already got a lot of um, cool stuff going on with yeah, I don't, I don't you know aura types like and down on it. I think we're just kind of like we're just like processing it as like collectors and people, you know, just kind of looking at it from the outside, which I think is fine. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, fourth wall has just like discouraged me a lot from even like wanting to learn MetaZoo. Um, in, in general. And I won't be surprised if we see less and less fourth wall stuff in future sets, just because it's so hard to rule and it's so ambiguous. And it's just this janky judging nightmare. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I think the, as far as the fourth wall, like they should be going, if they're going to include it is things like the Terra or something like that, you know, where like that sort of thing kind of makes sense to me because that yeah. could be an effect that is active just by default and it's not really changing like the dynamic of playing the card right like i know when i played the reptoid ruler deck in um at comic-con one of his terra bonuses is city and he gets 20 damage boost from city okay. and i didn't have a city terra but we're in seattle in comic-con mm. or whatever so when i play him he's already getting that 20 plus 20 damage boost, gotcha. you know? So the thing like that, it's like, I don't really mind because that actually is, um, gameplay-wise, that's actually saving me, like, <laughs> the need to draw that card, right? Which is totally fine. But, like, 
I definitely see what you're saying where it's like, because, dude, I've, I think when they do tournaments and stuff, people have to write down all of the items that they're bringing and stuff like that. Like, they have right. to write down that for safety reasons. Like, they have to write down they're bringing a tinfoil hat, they're bringing hmm. uh, a pencil sharpener or whatever it may be, which I just, I think for me it's really about, um, it, it, it makes it a little bit more complex and almost unnecessary. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see how it evolves and, and um, yeah, what happens. That's kind of a neat example that you had with the Reptoid Ruler. That that that, that makes fourth wall feel quite elegant, like like what happened to you. Yeah, that, that's actually right. kind of cool, but too many of them are not cool. I'm not going to have on the card <laughs> saying, like, like, you know, a little symbol on the side that says times eight light bulbs or whatever. You know, like, it's not going to be like that, like you were saying. So I think if it's something kind of seamless like that where it's like... Uh, next to a river or in the city or something like that it's totally makes sense and those are terra bonuses which are actual cards which is why it makes more sense right there isn't a light bulb card or whatever so i don't know we digress I, I, yeah i agree okay second edition seems to be on the horizon uh just got an email from kitchen table tcg and louie and i'm seeing some other stuff around that um looks like there's some definitely some pre-orders for second edition maybe going around even though it's i don't think there's going to be any shipping of it until new year's new year's eve like at the soonest mm -hmm. probably into the new year I'm, i don't think anyone's getting second edition until maybe yeah like, i think shipping is going to be a nightmare until like post january 1st probably yeah so. probably um but i mean i think second edition will be cool and that'll get a lot more cards in people's hands. I'm just and... hyped that there's going to be a set like that that will hopefully, I mean, if the game gets another big popularity boom, then more power to it. But it'll be nice to have a set like that where I won't actually have to worry about it for like months, you know, in terms of like if I wanted to buy more or something like that, which is like a good feeling as opposed to even something like Nightfall. Like I, I think we talked about this light last time. I, I and I, and I still see it kind of being dumped on the market, but I still feel like it's kind of, it's going to reach a, a turning point soon, I think, where it kind of goes in the other direction. And that's, you just, it's hard to like enjoy that feeling when it happens like every like three or four months, you know what I mean? So second edition, if it's a 100K print run or Wilderness 100K print run, it's kind of reassuring to me because I know someone who messaged me and they were like, Oh yeah, I just got a wilderness pre-order in already. And I was like, oh my God, like that's scary. I was like, I'm not gonna worry about that for like definitely at least <laughs> five, was, six weeks down it was, the line. It was only it was only four hundred and ninety-nine sixty-nine from underground lair nineteen ninety-five. Um they they said I'm gonna get it by, by <laughs> No, know, but my feeling saying that is like I just if it's a 100k print run then i'm not really worried about like if i pre-order now versus two months from now sort of thing you know like, yeah it's, yeah totally it's a reassuring feeling yeah i agree and i just want to open it um i just want to like tear open a whole box of it in a sitting for fun mm -hmm. which is what i originally wanted to do when i found metazoo i was like oh sick i can't wait until my first edition stuff gets here, it's so much less rare than Kickstarter that I'm just gonna tear it all open and it's gonna be a blast. And then right away, it got like really valuable. And I was like, oh, do I really wanna tear all this open right now? And I probably should have anyway. 
it's just for me i'm just a very cautious person with you know money and my finances and stuff and so i didn't want to just tear it all open and lose some of that value from those sealed boxes you know yeah i i can agree with that feeling i can't agree personally now because i've either torn open all my boxes or <laughs> sold them for crypto besides <laughs> my kickstarter box but like i i was in that same mentality for months and months and it's a pretty liberating feeling to rip open like all your boxes or like multiple like it's i mean you get stuck with the singles after which kind of blows but um just like the action of like doing that and like going through it you know for that good like hour or two is like a really really fun experience which i think this hobby and this space and this trading card game to some extent is lacking um because there's some people that get into it that don't have high expectations or like they just they're just gonna rip it anyways they're a player or they're just you know they they can't afford 10 booster boxes or whatever so they already are in that mentality but a lot of us that have been around for a long time have just kind of experienced a lot of these drops and it being so limited that you kind of have to you have to hoard your two boxes that you get and you you're like oh prices are already moving so i'm not going to rip it yet and it's just like kind of stressful so it's a good feeling to just kind of be able to to drink a beer and rip a box of nightfall and not care about anything you know yeah just do it for the pleasure and enjoyment and who cares what i open or don't open or what my box who cares is if i pull 26 or... reverse hollows <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I guess blast. no matter what, that kind of sucks, even if you don't care yeah. about the financial value. <laughs> Did you see that there was a, uh, I saw from Argos's page, a Walmart promo got leaked? Oh, no way. Or Piazza I didn't see Bird. That. It looked pretty cool. Oh, wait, what is it? It is like, uh, I think it's the same mechanically as Piazza Bird, um, but it's like a different, like an alt art version for like, that's going to release with the Walmart stuff, I think. It looks really cool. You can go see it on Argos's oh, page right okay. now. Oh, okay. Oh, I did see that, and I just ignored it for some reason. I, I don't know what I oh, thought wait, it was. Actually, or... I don't think that's the same mechanically. <laughs> huh. But I haven't double-checked. But <laughs> It says, contract, unless you roar like a dragon, you must destroy this page. <laughs> That'd be really fun for kids. Um, I just, a lot of shy adults might not want to do that. Yeah. I'm feeling like overall we just need to, you know, do whatever we want, whatever is enjoyable. And that's what I would urge everyone to do. If you don't want to buy something, don't buy something. If you want to do it, I think it's best to just. I would agree. I, I think um, recently as well, I've been feeling like you really just kind of, I, I always say this, you just kind of trust your gut, but it's also just like follow it's really hard to not want to follow the crowd, but when you are able to do that, it is such like an empowering feeling to just be like, no, or just like, I'm going to wait. And then other times like now when, when everyone's selling and no one's buying, like if I was not heavily invested into crypto now, I would be doing that as well. You know what I mean? Like getting the singles that I wasn't able to get for months and months because they were just, no one was selling them or they're just not at a good price point. So I think kind of, um, what you're saying is just like kind of do you, you know, do what's right for you and your collection or just your livelihood. I think it's really, it's really what it comes back to because otherwise you're not really enjoying it. And, and then otherwise it's like, what's, what's the point, you know? It's also impossible to time markets. And if you ever try to time markets, you're always going to lose. Like 
almost always. And so you should just continue to dollar cost average in if you're doing things for investment purposes. And I think that applies to both uh, crypto and collectibles if you're investing in collectibles. And if you're not doing it for investment purposes, then who cares? You should, th this time is the best time. It's a great time to get into any kind of game because a lot of prices are low right now and you can get stuff for cheap and not worry about if it, what, what it's doing. Just buy it and enjoy it. Yeah, I 100% agree. Well, I guess we will call it there. Appreciate everyone for coming out for episode four. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I guess watching if I actually upload this uh, with, with any sort of video. See you guys later. All right, peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Cardboard Podcast. Happy collecting, everyone. Goodbye.